2: Trevor Woods here for the season opening edition of Getting to Know Michigan's Opponent. Michigan's Opponent this week is Colorado State. They're a team on the rebound, hopefully. And we're going to find out how much of a threat they pose to the Wolverines on Saturday at noon. We're talking to a guy who knows all about Colorado State, Kevin Lytle from the Fort Collins, Colorado. And how are we doing today, Kevin?
1: Doing awesome. How
2: are you doing? Hey, could it be better? Football, football's almost football here. Week. Yeah, you can smell it. You can smell it in the the almost getting to the crisp fall air too, right? But uh, a few days away from that. So Jay Norvell, and he's a guy you look at his resume. Quite impressive what he's done throughout his coaching career. He coached even Hall of Famer Marvin Harrison at the Indianapolis Colts as a receivers coach. He's been around most recently with Nevada as head coach. He helped Carson Strong, their quarterback, earn back-to-back Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Year awards. Strong was a prolific passer. So hopefully some of that prolific style offense translates from Nevada to Colorado State. We'll see, but give us your initial impressions on Norvell and what he's going to bring to the program.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the hope that they can bring uh, some of that high-flying, you know, to the air raid offense. But yeah, so far, um, you know, he's regenerated interest in this program. Um, For people that don't know, I mean... It's been a bad several years for Colorado State football. A lot of uh, on-the-field struggles, and then uh, over the last couple of years, a lot of off-the-field issues as well. Um, So obviously a coaching change uh, happened, and and fans are really excited now. At the end of last season, it was pretty hostile fan base, but Norvell has people really excited. He has kind of re-engaged the community, and then on the field, I think everyone's really excited to see what the air raid is going to be like uh, you know, on a week to week basis. So, Colorado State fans, I mean, they know it's, you know, a pretty big rebuild, so it's not, you know, going to be a 10 11 win team year one probably, but I think they're really excited for the future.
2: Now, speaking of the future, the future's already at Colorado State. You're going to have a quarterback in Clay Millen who's never started a game, but he's somebody who transferred from Nevada. And actually, Colorado State, as you know, Kevin, is the youngest quarterback group in the nation, zero college starts among the group, that surely is something. And then Millen at his disposal, he's going to have who you called a star in the waiting, Tory Horton at wideout. So could you talk about what Millen may bring to the offense, and why it seems like Colorado State fans are excited that Millen's in the fold, and why you think Horton may be a star?
1: Yeah, so Clay Mellon, uh, you know, he's a four-star uh, recruit out of high school. Had originally committed to Arizona. He had a lot of, a number of Power Five offers, a lot of Pac-12 uh, type offers. He's from Washington, but Arizona had coaching change. He he decommits sort or of went back through the process and ended up ne- at Nevada with uh, Norvell and Matt Mummy to run the air raid because obviously that's a very great. Uh, system for a quarterback and so yeah he sat last year behind Carson Strong learning from Carson Strong um, and was the plan was he was going to take over at Nevada but then when Morvell and staff came over to Colorado State he entered the transfer portal and came over and and yeah he's been quarterback since day one as you mentioned the quarterback room is four freshmen who have never played so it's it's a a very green group if you will but uh, they really like the group And Millen looks like a kid. I mean, he's really focused, really um, pretty obsessed with football. He's a guy that um, – he's not going to get outworked, we'll say that. He's doing all the film study. He comes from a a quarterback family. His dad, Hugh, played at Washington. His brother plays at UConn right now. Uh, His dad played, I think, seven or eight, maybe even nine years in the NFL. So it's a quarterbacking family. He's kind of been raised for this, if you will. So – Yeah, fans are really excited about him, and and yeah, you mentioned Torrey Horton. He's going to be the top option. You know, the air raid spreads the ball around, so a lot of guys will um, be catching passes, but Torrey Horton's going to be one of the top ones. Um, He's had two really good years at Nevada. Again, he followed the staff over. Um, He looks like the next Colorado State receiver that can make the NFL because they have a number of them. So he's a guy that's going to be fun to watch.
2: Now, on the other side of the ball, linebacker Daquan Jackson, who you say is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, leader on the entire team. He said this week that Michigan has earned their respect, but Jackson's saying, hey, we're Colorado State and focus on us and we execute like we're supposed to, we'll be in the game. They're not looking at it like they could get blown out. So just talk about Jackson and what he brings to that locker room, and yeah, he's a guy who had 84 tackles last season, 8.5 for loss, so he's definitely one of those guys that you could classify as a leader by example, but just what do you expect out of Jackson and that defensive unit on Saturday, for better and for worse?
1: Yeah, Daquan Jackson is is yeah he probably the most respected guy in the locker room. This, this is the third coaching staff he's worked under, and, and so every time he kind of has to reset and uh, you know learn a new defense, learn a new scheme, all that. And at the end of it, he always ends up a captain. This is at least the third, if not fourth year, he's been a captain. Uh, and I think that speaks to how you know his teammates respect him and how they gravitate toward him. And, yeah, you know, his tackle number is 84 last year. He was really beat up. He probably should not have really been playing those last few games, to be honest. But um, he finds a way. So, yeah, he, he's absolutely a, a leader of this program. Defensively overall, I mean, obviously, it's, it's quite a challenge this team faces against Michigan. Um, it's a lot of new pieces. You know, Daquan obviously is one of the guys that's been around. But they have a lot of new pieces as, as well. I think in the end, this is going to end up being a pretty solid Mountain West defense. But there are a lot of new parts, and, and I, you know there will be some growing pains, especially Saturday. Uh, but the big thing is, you know, if they can fit, force some turnovers, you know, in the air raid, you know, there are going to be a lot of possessions against because offense will be scoring a lot, so you're going to give up some yards. But if you can have takeaways, that really changes the formula, and that's the big focus for this team so even Saturday you know even if the game kind of goes lopsided if this defense can force you know a couple turnovers I think that would you know be a pretty good sign for Colorado State
2: in an article you mentioned the air raid against Michigan as being a soft air raid in the sense of this is going to be the first time in live game action they're playing under Norvell's scheme and it's at Michigan it's 110,000 fans any type of air raid offense also hinges on the offensive line and when you have more receivers out there and less blockers to help out what can you do with sometimes less time and obviously millen may be getting pressured a bit more because of that a freshman quarterback seeing you know how much he can take how quick he can process things it's a new look line there's just One holdover, right, from the line, and that holdover didn't even start last year. So uh, what do you expect from that line? Does the line have potential? Is that an area of concern for the season and uh, this game in particular?
1: Yeah, the line, I think, is the biggest question mark for this team. So you you mentioned it, but there's only one holdover. Brian Crespo, Juarez at left tackle, and he's never played in college. He's a redshirt sophomore, uh, but this will be his first start. The other four actually have a lot of experience. I think it's the 14th most experienced line as far as starts in the nation, but they're all from different places. The, the other four are all transfers. You know, A couple of them, the center, for instance, is his first time playing center. So you just have a lot of movement, a lot of change. I think that starting five has a chance to be pretty good, but I think it's going to take a little bit of time. And, and again, obviously, Michigan's a pretty stern test to start off with. And then depth is an issue that they just um, again with coaching change and roster turnover they just don't have the depth you would like on the O line. So yeah, I think that Yunsu uh, probably the biggest question mark on the team. I think the starting five has potential, uh, but they're going to have to do some things a little different this, ga- this game. You know, I think you'll see you know a tight end staying in to protect on the blind side a little bit more than they would normally like, and probably some quicker routes than necessarily they. Always would. But Jay Norville, we you know just talked to him about an hour ago, and he did say, you know, we're going to take our shots. He said, I don't, I don't want to leave Michigan, you know, thinking, uh, you know, we, we had some opportunities, but we didn't really, you know, we weren't very aggressive, you know. Uh, he used the old phrase, we don't want to leave any bullets, um, in the, you know, when we holster at the end of the game. So uh, they're going to find ways to take some shots, but they will have to do some, you know, smart precautionary things to make sure that Clay Millen doesn't just get blown up.
2: Well it sounds like they're gonna be aggressive on offense. Defensively, what do you think their strategy may be against Michigan?
1: Yeah, I think they don't this unit doesn't want to be blitz heavy or anything like that. But I think they're gonna to have to throw some, you know, creative ways to try and get pressure because Michigan should have a very good O line, and so just creating pressure with four probably isn't super likely. So I think they're gonna to have to get a little creative there. Again, maybe more so than they you know, will like to during Mountain West games. Uh, but again, like I said earlier, if they can get some takeaways, they want their DBs to be really aggressive. So if they can, you know, jump around or you know, punch a ball on a you know on a ball carrier, that's what they're going to be trying to do because that you know in a game like this, you have to find a way to steal possessions.
2: Now, secondary was one of the strengths. If you just look at statistically each team stat. That was one of their strengths. A lot of rankings, as you know, in the 60s, 70s, over 100 out of you know over 120 teams. But passing yards allowed, Colorado State was 37th last year. Does that unit look much the same? Are there different pieces in there? And do you think that could be a strength on Saturday?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of turnover, especially at cornerback, which uh, you know frankly is good. I, I know they had some okay numbers, but um, their secondary, they tended to give up a lot of big plays last year. So you have new cornerbacks, which they needed. You have Anusium, a, a Cal transfer, kind of a long, lanky quarterback who has pretty good experience. Another guy, Greg Lede coming over from northern Colorado. He's a real speed demon type, but really fast. And then the secondary, you do have some holdovers. Jack Howell was a freshman All-American. He'll play a lot. Um, Henry Blackburn, a guy that's played a lot of games. And then uh, the one-kind of new guy in the secondary is Angel King, another Nevada transfer. He played corner at Nevada. He'll play safety for Carl State, although he'll drop down to corner as well. But I think they're deeper in the secondary than they were last year. I think they have more uh, you know, playmaking ability than they did. So I, I think that's a unit that will be pretty good, um, and I'm really intrigued to see how they handle Michigan.
2: Now last season, an- another area they did well in was sacks. They were seventh. So you said earlier that against Michigan don't want to get too blitz heavy. Last year how did they generate pressure? Was it just base sets off the edge, edge rushers getting the job done, or was it was it more exotic blitz scheme? What what was it?
1: Yeah, so last year Chuck Eater was the defensive coordinator and they did a lot of yeah, a lot of heavy pressure blitzes, you know, schemed up things to get guys free. Uh, that's that's not the plan this year. Like I said, generally they they hope to be pretty standard as far as you know minimal blitzing things like that. But they do have some good edge rushers. I mean, Mo Kamara had seven and a half sacks last year. He's a guy that can be really good off the edge. They hope C J Aniachi, a Rutgers transfer, can can be a good uh, edge rusher. And then they have some young guys they're really excited about as well. So it's a unit again. I think as the season goes on, is going to be pretty solid. Uh, but they do have a little bit of experience. Devin Phillips is a guy that started, I think, 36 games in the interior. So, you know, interior D-lineman isn't the sexiest position, but he is an important player. So they have a, I think they have a pretty solid line. They feel really excited about the potential of that group.
2: So I know you wrote some predictions in an article about this game. You want to share some of those and add to them on here?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, the game itself, I think probably like most people, I think Michigan just has too much in the roster that um, Colorado State probably won't be able to, to you know, pull off a, a huge upset or anything like that. I think my, um, I'm trying to remember my score prediction right now, but I think is like 41 17, which would be a little under the spread and, um, you know, a comprehensive victory, but for Colorado State would probably actually feel okay. Um, I think. Colorado State fans are pretty understanding of the task at hand, and you know, obviously, they would love to be in the game late on in the fourth quarter and see if there's a way to steal it. But I think overall they understand. You know, it's it's a pretty big hurdle, but if you know the Air Raid can show some flashes, have some big plays, you know, the defense maybe make some takeaways that, uh, you know, that'd be pretty exciting and a show of things to come. So. Um, yeah, I think those are kind of the things people, you know, in Fort Collins are looking for. You know, if it's not going to be a, a, a big upset type situation, at least have some big plays to to show, you know, what the future can be.
2: And will you be at the game on Saturday? Yep, making
1: the trip up. Uh, leaving uh, here on Friday. and i excited to, to check out Ann Arbor and, and the Big House on Saturday, a place I've never been.
2: That's things when people always tell me that, whether they're from the West Coast or somebody from BBC in England, that, you know, oh, first time, you know, and uh, I get so spoiled and I'm up there all the time. So always great to hear that, and it'll be great to see you on Saturday, Kevin. You want to tell people where they can find you on Twitter.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm at Kevin underscore Lytle. That's L-Y-T-L-E.
2: Alright, well, we'll see if your predictions hold true on Saturday. Thanks again, and once again, this has been Trevor Woods from SB Nation's Mason and Bruin. Remember to subscribe to all of our podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a good one, folks.